Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. The Bills make me wanna. There we go. Look at us, Ryan Talbot. We're so technically savvy out here with our little intro uh, video. What is up, everybody? It is a late one, Friday night. Uh, we're still trying to find our our happy zone, if you will, for these preview shows later in the week. Sometimes it's going to be Friday. Sometimes it's going to be Thursday. Uh, it just so happened that this was you know, the time frame that we could work out. We have a special uh, guest coming up on the show later tonight. Um, so much to get into, Ryan. How are you this evening? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, I hear you're on uh, daddy duty this weekend. No Caitlin around. So how's that going? This is actually uh, a big moment in the Shout Football podcast. This is the first episode where I am going live while being the only parent home in the household right now so it's scary times my son is down in the basement like you know we 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 redid the basement so it's almost done so he's down there getting after it reading some books playing some games i try to get the tv working down there that did not happen and Kate and kennedy's sleeping upstairs so you start hearing some crying in the background i gotta go for a bit and you'll take over the show but we'll <laughs> have um we'll have Stu jackson from uh, the rams.com he's going to come on today and preview this game a little bit we're going to get into so much of this game and i'm excited about it because i think this is the first you know real true test for the bills sunday at bill stadium uh rams sean McVay, jared goff aaron donald against josh allen stefan diggs sean mcdermott and the buffalo bills thank you for tuning in we are so grateful to all of our live viewers if you're listening to this a little bit later on on the audio platforms subscribe subscribe rate and review we really appreciate it uh apple spotify all those good ones uh it worked. All of your support has worked because we are officially uh, a sponsored podcast. This is the official Shout Football podcast sponsored by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store giving you more. I got the catch catchphrase already down. I, I want to give Tops a huge shout out. Uh, this has been something we've been really excited about for the last couple of weeks, and it is a uh, it's official. Uh, so you'll see them integrated in with the podcast and a lot of the stuff that we're doing over at the website, Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. Uh, we're so excited. I mean, this has been a ton of work, Ryan. I mean, getting this thing off the ground, uh, it's been awesome because we had so much involvement with uh, the viewers, the listeners. Um, but we're really uh, we're at this stage now, and I, I want to say thank you. Yeah, I, I think you said it perfectly. I mean, having Tops partner with us, one, very excited about that. But two, you know, things like this don't happen without the support that we have from the Bills Mafia. Those of you that join us on these live shows, uh, those of you that listen to us on the podcast platforms, rate and review. So thank you all so much. Um, getting it shared out right now on Facebook. So all of our, uh, you know, all the all the people, shout out to the Facebook folks too. We, 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 we are live on YouTube twitter and facebook and uh when we get out on facebook we get them all and all the bills groups out there and they're they're super supportive as well so uh thank you to everybody we got a contest coming ryan i can't get into the details it's just a little bit of a tease but keep on the lookout i don't think it's going to be next week but the following week 
all of our shout fans, I mean, you are going to want to get in on this and you're already subscribed and you're already watching uh, on all these platforms already. So it's going to be easy for you to get involved in the contest, but there's going to be a really cool prize. We're hoping tops is involved. So it's going to be, it's going to be really exciting. Um, let's start this thing off. We're going to get Stu in here at about eight 30. So about 10 minutes. Uh, I wanted to start things off by getting into the storylines heading in this game. And if you have any questions, if you have any things that you want us to hit on that maybe we don't hit on uh, over the course of this show, leave them in the comments. We'll be coming through there as we go. But let's start, start off with the biggest storyline uh, of this game, Ryan. And yours, uh, why don't you start off with yours? Yeah, you know, it, it's not a matchup on the field. It's nothing to do with the, the players itself necessarily. It has to do with the travel aspect of this game. The, the Rams signed up for this uh, East Coast trip, so to speak. They requested it, I guess is the best way to put it, when the schedule was being made. And they said, we want both. Uh, we want back-to-back -back East Coast trips so that way we can stay on the East Coast. Uh, we can play two games back-to-back, -back, and we don't have to worry about travel. So the schedule was the Eagles last week, Buffalo this week. And when the schedule first came out, Sean McVay was on one of those release shows, either on ESPN or the NFL Network, and he said that was the plan. We're going to stay on the East Coast over that course of the week between games, so that way we don't have to worry about the long travel, the cross-country flights. Well, COVID-19 happens, uh, and that's out of the plan. So uh, Los Angeles now, for the second straight week, is making a cross-country trip. They went from Los Angeles to Philly last week, back to L.A., and now they're coming to Buffalo. So back-to-back -back weeks of that kind of travel, are they going to be a little bit sluggish when the game gets started? Is that going to take a toll on them? Uh, we'll see, but I think that could be a, a sneaky, underrated uh, some a storyline, I guess, to follow here on Sunday. What about you, Matt? The biggest thing for me going into this game, and I agree with you, I definitely I asked Sean McVay about that on his uh, media call with the Buffalo media, and you know he played it off. He 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 said all the right things. We're looking at it. We're not using any excuses. Last week went very well. We're expecting this week to go very well. But to your point, I think that that is something to watch. But I'm watching this linebacker situation because, you know, just to give a little bit of an update, and we'll get in a little, little bit more injuries uh, in a minute here. Um, Tremaine Edmonds was limited today in practice. Again, for the third straight day, was in a red non-contact jersey. Matt Milano, full participant in practice today. That's that's a big Big news and a big development here as we're two days out from this game. Getting one of these guys back, who both of them are questionable here on Friday, would be absolutely uh, helpful for this Bills defense because you go and watch some of this Rams tape from the first two weeks. And one of the things that, you know, Tyler Higby, we're going to talk about him later in the show, a lot of his success has come with, you know, against linebackers that have struggled to react to his suddenness as a route runner. And I think that you get a guy like Matt Milano back into the mix this week, even if he's not a hundred percent, but good enough to play where that hamstring, but not worry about that getting re-injured. You're looking at a completely different stylistic matchup as opposed to an AJ Klein, who I just don't think has the physical attributes to hang with a guy like Tyler Higby for four quarters. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, you know, Milano was missed last week. We, we saw that with the performance that Mike Gusecki put on. Uh, we, we saw even after he exited the game with the uh, injury in week one, how the Jets had some more success there. So having him back in the lineup would be absolutely huge. And again, I don't want to talk too much about that Higby matchup because we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show. But Milano, the fact that he was a full participant today, uh, I think that's a promising sign for Sunday. So injury stuff here. Um who's our, we already know is going to be unavailable. Zach Moss, we talked about him a little bit of Wednesday. 
a little bit of, you know, uh, this happens in the business, Ryan. Tell, explain what happened. Yeah, I had someone close to the running back say that he should be good to go on Sunday, that it was just kind of a recovering type deal. And obviously that's not the case. Uh, but sometimes you take get that bad info or you get some info that's not 100% correct. And, you know, that's on me. Uh, but like you said, it happens sometimes in this business. So the Bills will be without Zach Moss on Sunday. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And, and in a minute here, I'll tell you why I think that could actually be a, a, a good thing for this Bills offense. Not so much the loss of Moss, but what that could mean for Devin Singletary. Right. And I want to add to that, that on Wednesday, that could very well been the case and very well could have been the thinking is that, you know, he'll, he'll trend, you know, positively. We don't know what happened Wednesday night after practice, Thursday, Friday. So a lot of things could happen in a couple of days. Uh, I think it's important to note that you didn't write that. So that was something that, you know, you passed along some information on the podcast, um, which you always do. If you check out Ryan's track record, it is pretty top notch. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. But so Zach Moss won't be in the mix. Also Dawson Knox, who left with a concussion last week, probably trending that way all week, uh, going through the concussion protocol. We haven't seen him practice yet. Uh, so he will be out, which, you know, brings up a very interesting situation because I think the, you know, right off the bat, you're looking at, um, Tyler Croft as tight end. Number one, he was, he's, he subbed in for Dawson Knox and played the majority of that game. And he, he played fine. And I think that he'll be fine in that role, but it's what happens after him that I think I'm a little bit interested in. Um, you know, I think Lee Smith probably gets activated for the first time this season because of this, you know, development. And then it's that kind of unknown quantity, Reggie Gilliam, who you obviously are so familiar with. I think this could be a situation where he gets some, some run here and maybe some opportunities in the passing game more so than just that goal line rep he got last week. Yeah, I, I agree completely. You know, Lee Smith, I, I agree, will be activated most likely. Uh, good to have maybe an extra blocker against this Rams defensive line, although they, they've struggled a little bit this year, but never a bad idea to have someone that you could bring in those short yardage situations. Um, but it, it's a big loss at tight end, even though Dawson Knox haven't, hasn't done much to date here early in 2020. Uh, Tyler Croft, I think, is a fine number two. Not sure that he, he can necessarily step in and, and be a number one tight end on a week-by-week basis. Gilliam's a little bit of that unknown, but definitely has the athleticism to run some routes out there. Uh, I think that they could miss Knox, especially because of that wide the wide receiver matchups that uh, you're going to see there. I think that he could be getting he could have had some open uh, routes underneath where Josh Allen could have hit him in this game. But you know we'll see how those other guys step up. Backtracking a little bit to the running back situation, uh, Devin Singletary. You know I'm excited for him going into this game, and again I'm not saying. Zach Moss being out is going to hurt this team because I think it does to a certain extent. But having Singletary be your number one back, yes, there'll be TJ Yeldon mixed in there too, I'm sure, sometimes. But I think this is a good opportunity for Singletary to get be able to get into a rhythm where I'm not sure that's been the case the first two weeks. Uh, both backs have been in that 8-10 to 10, uh, snap or run game, I guess would be the best way to put that. They've had some receptions here and there too. But this gives him the chance to be the guy, maybe get 15 to 20 overall touches between running the ball and uh, receiving out of the backfield and seeing what he can do with it. So I think that could be a silver lining for this team, although they will miss Moss in certain situations. This lets Singletary really get into a groove on Sunday. Without a doubt. I, <laughs> I stole <laughs> Boom. it. It's in my head now. I got, I got, <laughs> I got your catchphrase. Uh, no, I think, um, you know, to your point, I think this – as good as I think in theory as the whole Moss-Singletary combination is, 
I did think that it might take them some getting used to in terms of, you know, when to play, who, in what situations. I thought one of the cool things of how last year's combination developed was that Singletary really became the guy when he came back from the injury. I mean, Frank Gore was a supplemental piece at that, at that point, at that point right now in these first two games, it's almost been like a one, a one B situation. I think to your point, maybe get, get Devin Singletary, some more carries, get him up to that 2025, 20, get let him get into a groove and see what he can do. Uh, and it's interesting. And we're going to talk to, uh, Stu Jackson about this a little bit uh, in in a, in a little while. Um, the Rams are the third best team in the NFL right now when it comes to scoring defense, but they're actually, they're giving up some yardage. They're only 18th against the pass, 19th against the run. So I think that you can move the ball. The bills have shown early on that they can score the football. So that's going to be very interesting. Now, a couple other notes on injury on the injury front, uh, John Brown popped one day uh, with that foot again. Uh, Cole Beasley had his thumb wrapped. I tweeted out a video. I, we talked about that on Wednesday. Uh, he missed a day of practice. And then Ed Oliver missed on Wednesday, was wearing a knee brace in practice. All three of those guys have said in their uh, press availability this week that they're expecting to play on Sunday. So that's good news because you're talking about some of the guys that aren't available already. Potentially what's what's looming with Milano and Tremaine Edmonds losing, you know, any mixture of those other three would be bad news. Yeah, and having Ed Oliver in the middle there because of the the pass rush win rate that we've seen from Buffalo, and he's he's played a big factor in that. Uh, that can be big. You know, Goff, Jared Goff has done a really good job this year of getting the ball out pretty quickly from the the film that I've seen from the games that I've watched. Uh, but if he does hold the ball a little bit too long, I could see Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison and Ed Oliver having their uh, being able to make their fair share of plays, and obviously in the passing game, uh, Josh Allen's going to need those top guys, John Brown, Cole Beasley. Uh, with Stefan Diggs having that matchup with Jalen Ramsey, I still think Diggs will be a factor, obviously, in this game. But he, uh, Allen might be looking to get those other two wide receivers the ball a little bit more based on their respective matchups. I did, I did myself, I did all of our listeners a service. I got the, uh, I caught my eight thirty alarm before it went off, and we're going, we're going a little bit later tonight. Uh, so it hasn't popped quite yet. Nice. Um, but if you do have questions, guys, we're gonna we're gonna welcome and Stu here in a moment uh, into the chat once he gets here. Um, if you have any questions, drop them. We already have one uh, from Willard. Uh, Willard Morse uh, has a question. We'll hit that at the end of the show. So so stick with us. Um, you know this is. Oh gosh, I said that and I let it go off. Anyway. Jinxed it. You know, I'm just so <laughs> disappointed in myself. One of the things that's interesting with this Rams offense is you look at all the weapons and I, and I tweeted out last weekend that the bills, I think, you know, one through four adding Gabriel Davis with that in that receiving core. I mean, they really stand up as maybe the most talented deep receiving group in, in the NFL. And then you look at, you know, uh, you add tight end to the mix. And I think the, the Los Angeles Rams have a real case to be made with what they're working with. Obviously Cooper cup and what he's able to do in the slot. We'll talk a good bit about that later on. Um, hopefully with Stu here in a moment and, you know, Jared Goff's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's got a lot of different weapons in this offense, and that's going to make things tricky uh, for the bills defense as they try to pick who they, uh, you know, want to uh, stop. And, you know, Robert Woods, a guy that Bills fans are very familiar with, he spoke a little bit this week about coming back. Did you did you catch that? I did. I did. Very, You know, spoke very highly about the fan base, how how he's actually a little bit disappointed they can't be there. Uh, people look at you funny if you're not wearing Bills gear going down uh, the main drag there. So, you know, very complimentary, really good player. It, it's just the timing of Woods with the Bills. It just didn't match up. 
he was going on to bigger and better things, and the Bills weren't at that point in time uh, a good enough team to really consider re-signing him. All right. We are we're about 15 minutes in here, and we have our guest of the evening all locked in, Mr. Stu Jackson. How are you, my friend? Hey, Matt. I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? We're great. We're great. Ready for some more football. I feel like we're we're, we're three within the third week of this NFL season now. All these COVID numbers coming out of the NFL are so great, which is, you know, we've had our fingers crossed. And so we're, we're getting into the thick of things. I almost feel like it it feels like football is normal, right? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's so great to have football back and, and just to be in a position where we're, uh, you know, having games and, and being able to cover games on Sundays. So uh, I'm definitely with you there. It's, it's a really exciting time right now. Stu covers um, the Rams for uh, the Rams.com. Uh, and he was so gracious to join us today. I want to start off with, you know, obviously what everybody's talking about this week, and that's Aaron Donald. And there's been a fun little back and forth, uh, you know, from what's come out of the media availabilities uh, this week. Brian Dable uh, said that he hopes that Aaron Donald doesn't get on a bus. And, you know, Aaron Donald said, I'm always prompt. I always make sure that I'm there on time. And I think I saw even a quote later tonight that Cooper Cup said, if he misses the bus, we'll send a limo. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> some great stuff. But I mean, talk a little bit about what Aaron Donald means to this defense and what the Bills' offensive front is going to face on Sunday. Oh yeah, I mean he means everything. It, you just look at how they build the defense around him, and you know how they go from bringing in guys like Dante Fowler for a year, and then being able to bring in a guy like Leonard Floyd. Um, you know, just whoever they bring in, it, they're able to build around him because of the amount of attention that he commands. Uh, you know, just with double teams and triple teams along the defensive line. And that in turn opens things up for his teammates and especially the the edge rushers allows them some more opportunities. So uh, he's definitely a big part of the defense and obviously a focal point, I'm sure, for a lot of opposing offensive lines has been since he entered the league in 2014. Yeah, you know, Donald's outstanding. Everyone knows that anyone that's ever seen him play. But the, the Rams pass, pass rush as a whole has struggled a little bit, at least when you look at general stats. 13 uh, pressures through two weeks so far. So what's going on there? Is that a concern at all? Yeah, Ryan, that's a fair question. I think what I would attribute it to is you have to look at, one, traditionally the Cowboys and the Eagles, at least in my opinion, have – one of the stronger, uh, strongest offensive lines uh, in the NFL year in and year out. I would put them up there uh, in the top five when both of them are at full strength. Um, so I think that's certainly part of it because, I mean, the Eagles had Lane Johnson back on Sunday, and uh, I know they're down a couple of starters because of injuries. But um, even with those three starters, they're they're pretty healthy. They're pretty strong. Uh, you know, same situation with the Cowboys being down. I know at least uh, one starter. but. Uh, it's just, it's also, I think, in addition to that, you look at um, they're running a defense that has more fronts and is more multiple than they're used to. Under Wade Phillips, the previous defensive coordinator, uh, it was mostly a 3 4 defense. They, they stayed pretty true to that. But with Brandon Staley now coming in, you're seeing a lot of the same looks that you see, um, you know, in Denver and in Chicago when, uh, when Vic Fangio was, uh, again, in Chicago and now in Denver. So, uh, I think part of it is also just getting used to the defense as well. You're going up against talented offensive lines, and I think you're also getting used to maybe some different alignments up front and having to get adjusted to maybe how that changes different guys' roles compared to what they've been used to over the last three, maybe four years. Now, if we're having this conversation in the middle of the season, then 
you know, again, I think maybe it'd be more of a concern and a little bit of a different story. But for now, I think it's more of just, again, going up against some uh, pretty talented offensive lines and also just trying to navigate a, a new defensive scheme, if you will. Let's flip it over to the offensive side of the ball, because I think that that's where, um, you know, the eyes of him have been popping early on here. I mean, you know, you read the headlines, you read some of the stories, and it's all about, you know, the Sean McVay, Jared Goff connection is kind of back here early on this season. What are they doing to set Jared Goff up for success? And how have, you know, from an execution standpoint, how has this offense been executing early on this season? Yeah, I think it starts with the run game. Uh, Jared said it last week that anytime they're able to run the ball as effectively as they did uh, in week two against Philadelphia and even to an extent in week one against Dallas, that just opens everything up for the offense. And so uh, when he is able to execute off of play action and have that run game to kind of balance things out and he's not forced to throw the ball 40 or 50 times a game, it really helps him out with his execution. And if you look specifically at the Philadelphia game, too, um, McVeigh did a really great job of keeping Goff mobile. It wasn't just exclusively play action. He was having him move out of the po- pocket on bootlegs and um, you know, misdirections and those different things to really uh, open things up for him and, and also keep the defense guessing so that um, it wasn't just able to um, you know tee off on him necessarily or put pressure on him uh, in one specific way. So. Uh, that's what I would that I would point to as far as um, Jared being uh, having stronger execution and or just the way he executed overall on Sunday so far. Uh, you know, you know, Stu, we still have some questions for you, but we also go to the comments in the chat here, and there's a good one here from Stephen Fife. He says, "Do you think that the depth alongside Jalen Ramsey, because we all know about the Ramsey versus Stephon Diggs matchup." Can the other cornerbacks keep up with the Bills' wide receiver core? Uh, that being obviously John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Gabriel Davis, a rookie who has been really impressive through training camp and now even through the first two weeks. So can you tell the, the Bills fans a little bit about the other cornerbacks on this team and whether or not you think they can keep up with these other wide receivers? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I, think, I do think the Rams have the depth to be able to keep up with them. Uh, I, that's nothing against uh, John Brown or, or Cole Beasley or Gabriel Davis, because as you said, they're all very talented. Brown and Beasley obviously have been in the league for a very long time. I remember seeing uh, Brown do some great things with the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, a lot of people recognize Beasley with uh, his days from the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, but that being said, you know the experience that a lot of these cornerbacks gained last year, especially late in the season, is what really helped with the depth. Troy Hill was elevated into a starting role because of injuries at the position. And then late in the year when, when he was uh, you know, dealing with an injury, then that allowed Darius Williams to step in and, and get some more experience. And so those guys that are playing behind Ramsey, they got some valuable experience late in the year. And that in turn put them in a position to uh, again, provide that valuable depth and allow them to uh, contribute in a, in a greater role this season. So um, I think they'll be able to keep up with with those guys, but again, it's it's definitely a matchup that uh, I think will have a lot of people's attention beyond, like you guys said, the the Ramsey Diggs uh, dynamic that will probably be the the focal point. Uh, Cam Akers ruled out this week, so it's going to be a lot of Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. You mentioned them a, a few minutes ago, but you know what are they doing well, and how have they been able to find success this year? 
Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about the running backs, Matt, is so far nobody really knows whose game it's going to be or who's going to have the big game, I should say. Mm. Cam Akers uh, in week one literally found out right before kickoff that he was going to be getting the start. And the way that Sean McVay views it, it's it's not necessarily like who starts or, or who's out there on the first series. It's who ends up getting the hot hand. So, uh, you know, really they've just been able to take advantage of uh, when their number's been called. It was it was Brown who had 18 carries for 79 yards and two touchdowns in week one against Dallas to lead the backfield. And then in, in week two, when, when Akers went down at Philadelphia, you had Daryl Henderson step up with, um, you know, 81 yards and a touchdown and was also very effective in the passing game as well with uh, two receptions for 40 yards. So they've both been effective as runners and as receivers, and that's really what's allowed them to – uh, contribute successfully to the offense and and provide what they've uh, been able to provide so far. Yeah, so we have you hopping around offense, defense, offense, defense. So back to the defense. The, the defense seems to be giving up some yards, 18th against the pass, 19th against the run, but other teams are not scoring against them so far through two games. They're third in the NFL. How has that worked out for them so far? Is it a bend-not-break situation? Uh, what have you seen through two weeks? Yeah, I think the thing that it's come down to, Ryan, honestly, is just being at the right place at the right time, specifically with making timely takeaways or stops. Go back to week one against Dallas. They're driving in the red zone. Rookie safety Jordan Fuller, you know, making his pro debut, comes up with a huge fourth and three stop against CeeDee Lamb to create a turnover on downs and, and give the Rams the ball back. In week two, you've got a pair of second half interceptions one in the red zone by Darius Williams of, of Carson Wentz and another uh, with 316 left that completely changed the momentum uh, in both instances, especially the the Darius Williams pick. So, um, And then you can even go back earlier in the Philadelphia game to um, a forced fumble by Micah Kaiser um, in the first quarter on the for, first series for the Eagles offense. So it's just a, it's been a matter of really them finding ways to – uh, create takeaways and, and get stops when it when it's really mattered. So I guess you could maybe say it's been a little bit of bend don't break, but I would maybe say it's more of them being in position to again make those plays when when they matter most. All right. Before we let you get out of here, Stu, why don't you give us a prediction for uh Sunday? We talked about it at the at the jump here that you know the Rams are going to be going West Coast to East Coast for the second straight week up against uh, the number one offense, passing offense, at least in the NFL this week. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, it's going to be a really fascinating matchup because, like you said, it's it's two very talented offensive teams. Uh, but you've also got the Bills, who have the number three run defense in the NFL, which, as I talked about earlier in, in my appearance, the uh, the run game is so successful for the Rams as far as getting that play action going and, and opening things up for the offense. So getting getting the run game going and how that matches up against the Bills' run defense, I'm really interested to, to see how that plays out because if the Rams, for whatever reason, are unable to, then that's going to require them to be more flexible with their offense and, and adapt in a way that I don't think they've had to yet just because, again, they've been able to um, establish the run. So uh, – I don't know that I'll put a put a score on it, but I'll I'll say that it it'll be key for them to, like I said, establish the run, and also to not make uh, make Josh Allen 
allow Josh Allen to get in the rhythm, I should say. Um, I know that when I tweeted out that quote from the um, Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, about, um, you know, Josh Allen and making things stressful for him, comparing it to, you know, I-90 versus, you know, New York City traffic. Um, you know, people were sending me all these things about, you know, how much better Josh Allen is under pressure this year and all those things. So I think, you know, that's obviously a, a fair point where, you know, you've got to pick and choose your battles there because obviously he can make plays with his arm. He can make plays with his legs. So um, it'll, it'll, I think it'll come down to which team can also, you know, minimize um, mistakes as well, because again, the Rams have been great about creating those takeaways, but, you know, Josh Allen's thrown six touchdowns on the year and hasn't thrown a pick yet. So he's, he's also been great about not making decisions. So uh, we'll see how it goes on Sunday, but um, this is one of the games on the schedule that I've been really excited about and I'm looking forward to watching. Well, my friend, uh, we are so excited that you were able to come on the show tonight. Great job. Uh, great segment. You can follow him on Twitter at Stu J Rams. Uh, he covers the Rams out, out, out in LA. By the way, how's that stadium? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, <laughs> again, you, you wish fans could be there just like, you know, throughout the, the country with just everything that's going on with the, the coronavirus pandemic and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful stadium, you know, really, really fortunate to be able to uh, cover games in there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a really great environment. And like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to when we'll be able to uh, eventually welcome fans in there, whenever that may be. Yeah. I'm, I'm bummed about the fans too, but I'm, I'm also bummed that I won't be able to kind of get out there and see, although no, that's not it. I'm more bummed about next week in Vegas. Cause uh, we're, <laughs> we're not going to be able to see the opening uh, uh, of that stadium out there. So many cool new stadiums and uh, across the league, but you know, we get football, so I can't complain. Stu Jackson, my friend, thank you so much for coming on and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Matt. Thank you. And Ryan for having me. Appreciate it. Anytime. Take care. All right. So we're moving right along here. Um, great show so far. This is a great, um, Great preview show. I hope you're enjoying it. We got a bunch of questions in here. We're going to hit on them at the end of the show. We're going to do a quick word from our sponsor. Oh, we're getting real tech savvy up in here. A little video uh, uh, package. And then we were going to come back with the key matchups on Sunday. Ready for football? Tops is with ready-to-serve fan favorites everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops. Boom. Tops. Friendly markets. Saving you more. I told I told my editor I wasn't going to sing the j jingle, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right, so um, that was Stu Jackson. Uh, thanks so much for for popping in here with us. We are going to give some predictions at the, at the end of the show, so stick around. Um, let's uh, let's start with the the key matchups, and I think like listen, Ryan. I mean, there's there's so many different things that are going to be happening in this game that I think fans are going to want to you know key in on. I think Aaron Donald could definitely be one of them. Uh, how Josh Allen handles uh, you know that matchup against Aaron Donald, but I think we're going to start off with. What I think you said it, and I totally agree. The marquee matchup in this game—that's Stephon Diggs versus Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, you have a, a wide receiver in Diggs who's playing like a, a top three, top five wide receiver in this league right now, and you have Jalen Ramsey who is a top three to top five cornerback in this league. Uh, so it, it's going to be the matchup that everyone is watching on Sunday. And at the end of the day, I just think it's going to be both guys are going to win their respective battles. Uh, Josh Allen is not going to shy away from throwing at Jalen Ramsey. He knows how good Diggs is. He knows how good Diggs is with the contested catch. 
based on his career with the Vikings and what we've already seen. We saw it last week, two contested catches, a tight coverage by the Dolphins that uh, really could have been turnovers, but instead Diggs hauled both of those balls in. So if Ramsey's giving Diggs a cushion, I think he'll get it to Diggs underneath or in those intermediate areas. That, But he'll also throw it deep if the opportunity presents itself. Allen is not going to shy away from anyone. Uh, Stefan Diggs said as much this week. But at the same time, you can't just sit here and expect that uh, Allen and Diggs are going to make plays all day long. Ramsey might make a play. He might force the first uh, interception of the year on Josh Allen. It's going to be one of those back-and-forth matchups that I think both guys are going to be able to say at the end of the day that they won it sometimes, and then they lost some battles as well. See, the tough part for the Rams, as I'm really kind of looking at this from a schematic standpoint, is if you don't generate the necessary pressure on Allen. Because, you know, even if they do blitz more, which, by the way, Jordan Rodrigue, we we really wanted to get her on the show this tonight, too. We couldn't make it work out. She covers the team for The Athletic. Uh, We've had her uh, on previous videos before. She wrote about today that, you know, only 14 blitzes by the Rams so far through two weeks. It's one of the, you know, lowest totals in the league. So they're not blitzing a ton. So if they want to dial up that pressure, you know, you may have to do that to generate some pressure on Josh Allen, get him out of the pocket, make him force him into some tough decisions like, you know, their defensive coordinator talked about. But I just think the problem becomes when you focus in, you know, Jalen Ramsey on Stefan Diggs, what happens when Cole Beasley starts making plays and John Brown start ma- starts making plays and maybe the, you know, Devin Singletary and TJ Yeldon, who's going to be involved, that they start making plays in the passing game as well. So I think that there's just so many different options now for the Bills that that's where, you know, becomes difficult. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is you go back to when Jalen Ramsey played them, you know, last time around and, you know, Josh Allen really, beat them with his legs and that's before he had all the weapons that's before he had the the years of experience under his belt so I think that it is a great matchup but I think it's going to be something where you know maybe throughout the course of the throughout the the course of the game maybe they decide to change things up and and maybe move Jalen or Ramsey around a little bit maybe move him over and put him on smoke for a little while depending on how things are transpiring in the matchup I know he usually travels and that's the marquee matchup but the It'll be interesting to watch. I, I definitely think that, you know, that that matchup could go a long way toward, you know, I don't want to say determining the winner, but definitely impacting the outcome. So something to watch for sure. Number two um, on our list here is uh, Matt Milano versus Tyler Higby. And this was your your kind of big one that you wanted to talk about uh, going into this thing. And that's obviously predicated on, uh, you know, Matt Milano playing, uh, which I think everybody's in agreement that he's kind of trending that way at this point. We won't know for sure until Sunday, but if he's in the game, you know, he's coming off an injury and he's got a, a really tough matchup in Higby. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep this short and sweet and to the point. We saw what happened last week when Milano was out of the lineup with Mike Gusecki. Gusecki goes off uh, for 130 yards, I believe a touchdown, eight receptions. Uh, Higby in his own right went off last week, five receptions, three of them going for touchdowns. Unbelievable performance by this tight end. If the Bills do not have Milano, that is going to be a nightmare for this defense. So, you know, like you said, trending in the right direction, looks like he's going to play. And a guy like Milano can really throw a wrench in the plans of getting Higby involved. Higby will still be a factor. Do not get me wrong. He's a very talented tight end. But having Milano out there, a guy that has the athleticism to cover, a guy that can maybe frustrate Higby a little bit, uh, would be a major uh, step up in the competition from what Higby has seen through the first two weeks. Uh, and then, obviously, Edmonds was not a part of this. But if you get Edmonds out there, too, 
just that wingspan where he can kind of block those passing lanes, where he can tip some passes, where he could even make some plays. But, uh, you know, going back to Milano, I just think that he has those cover skills to make life more difficult for Higby, where he's going to have to earn every single yard that he gets on Sunday. Yep. And that number three matchup that we have to watch, I mean, I went to the coaching staff because I think this is going to be a bit of a a chess match between Sean McVay, uh, the offensive guru against Sean McDermott, who, you know, really makes you earn everything that you get down the field. And and then, you know, this defense is shown time and time again, once you get in the red zone, that's when it almost becomes the most difficult when, you know, the field shrinks and they can kind of make you have to make tough decisions about attacking that zone. The thing with Jared Goff here is, you know, how are the Bills who have been blitzing, you know, quite a bit? I, I've actually was surprised to see the uh, the blitz numbers on the Bills. I don't have it right in front of me here, but they've been blitzing top five, top seven in the league uh, so far this season, and and that's to be expected as you know the the comfort level grows in this defense. But if you can get the pressure up, and you know, go find uh, Marcel Louis Jacques. He tweeted this out, and I I thought I retweeted it, but I can't find it. Uh, the tip of my fingers, the bills are winning, you know, when they're rushing the passer, their, their pass rush win rate uh, is among the best in the league so far. And, you know, that hasn't led to, you know, leading the NFL in sacks, but they're getting after the quarterback. And I think that if you can get pressure on Jared Goff, that's key. I know he's making good decisions and he's, he's getting rid of the ball quickly and that's important. But if you get, if you stay in your gaps and you are able to rotate in and out and get consistent pressure in his face it makes him kind of get a little bit antsy back there and you know trying to fit balls in the zone waiting for guys to get open in that zone you know if you dial up that pressure in terms of the pass rush that could be a key for this game yeah and some of his best passes this year although I, I did say earlier in the show he's getting the ball out quickly there was this one beautiful play design last week where the running back went to the right and a lot of the defense followed the running back. He rolled out to the left. He had some defenders go out to the left. And then you had one player sitting right in the middle who has found himself wide open and went down the field for a 25, 30-yard gain. So Sean McVay really does draw up some really, really great plays. But if the Bills can get someone in Goff's face immediately, things like that aren't going to have time to pan out. Uh, so it is really important that the Bills get that pressure up against him, whether it's Ed Oliver on the inside uh, or whether it's Mario Addison, who we've seen uh, – or, or Jerry Hughes, and also Trent Murphy. Murphy is faring very well in that pass rush uh, win rate as well. A guy, again, you don't want to keep bringing up every episode, but someone that was kind of written off entering this year, playing pretty well through two games. You broke up there for a second for me. Who'd you say? Oh, I was talking about Murphy as well oh, and, right. and how he's played through two games, and he was high up on that pass uh, rush win rate rating as well. Right, and I think that this is a, a secondary that, you know, you hope that, Taron Johnson is healthy. He's coming into this thing with a little bit of a groin. He is questionable for Sunday. And if he can't go, it's probably going to be Cam Lewis, uh, the undrafted uh, free agent rookie from last season. Now in his second year, uh, UB product horns up. You know, I always give the shout out to my, my UB guys. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. And that's going to be a very important position because Taron Johnson likely winds up on Cooper cup. And, you know, that guy is just, uh, you know, he, he's a maestro uh, from, from that slot position. And the interesting thing, I was reading up a little bit on, you know, a couple of Rams writers today, this afternoon, actually, and what they're doing, um, the, um, they're kind of flip-flopping 
the receivers and the tight end. So sometimes like, you know, the tight ends will go out wide. They'll bring the, 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 the receivers into kind of like those bunch formations and it, it can get really confusing out there. And you really do have to manage the traffic if you will. And I think that was a great, um, you know, uh, way to say it for the, the defensive coordinator this week. And I think that on both sides of the ball, the, 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 the defense that does the best job managing the traffic out there is going to have the best chance at, you know, limiting the opposing offense. And I think, you know, uh, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, two very important pieces in this game, you know, they've seen a lot of things in this league and, you know, I'm sure that they've spent the week studying, you know, Jared Goff tendencies, uh, you know, what's worked. It's almost a benefit that they get two games worth of this working Los Angeles Rams offense now in 2020 to go off of as they try to um, figure things out for Sunday. Yeah. Drawing things, you know, looking at what they've drawn up already is going to help them significantly, but having guys like that, that have been together for a few years that have their communication down is huge. That's why, again, going back to the linebacker position with Milano and Edmonds, that's big for the team as well. If you could get them back because they're on the same page in terms of communication and you just said it, uh, it can get very confusing out there. If you have all your, your normal guys out there on this bill's defense that know each other well, that communicate extremely well, uh, that will will lead to less mistakes and, and possibly less big plays on Sunday where that can put them in a situation or a spot where they can win this game. Why don't we move on to the questions portion? Uh, why don't you bring up the first one, Ryan? What did you like? Yeah, let's go through here. I have to scroll back here. Uh, Willard Morris, who do you think Trey covers, Woods or Cup, and how much of a liability is having Wallace cover the other? I'll let you start with that one after I just uh, read through that. Very nice. Let me bring that up. Um, who do I think Trey covers? I think it's going to be a, a combination. I, I, I don't see him kind of sitting on one one guy. I know that they, uh, you know, Robert Woods kind of goes in the slot a little bit as well. Um, and, and Levi Wallace is going to be out there again this this week. This is a bounce back opportunity for him. I actually look for Levi Wallace to have a big game today. Uh, or on Sunday, I, I I like what we heard from you know Tre'Davious White, who I, I would have loved to have ripped his. Um, his comment from the press conference and play, have played it. And if you haven't seen it, I th I'm pretty sure the bills put it that up on their YouTube page, go check it out. Um, you know, he stood up for Levi Wallace and he basically said, listen, we've all had bad games in this league. Uh, we're only two games in without any OTAs, without any preseason. Uh, nobody's playing their best football yet. So I think that, you know, where does Trey, Trey white go? I don't know, but wherever he goes, I feel like the, the, the Rams are going to have a tough time. Um, but it's about like, you know, covering your portion of the field uh, as this Rams offense tries to, you know, manipulate, you know, the defense with all these different like crossing patterns. And they too run a lot of motion. I know the, uh, the bills, they don't run a lot of play action because they want to get the ball out of Jared Goff's hands as quick as possible. So reaction time is going to be huge in this game. And I think that more so, like I mentioned, I think it's going to be more about maybe Micah and Jordan Poyer on that second end or that third level, that back end, and what they're able to do in terms of control. I think they need to turn the ball over in this game. I think that's another key to this game. Last week, I think the game was so close because the Bills weren't able to force any turnovers, and that's something that they've been stressing this week, and I think they want to turn the ball over this week. Yeah, uh, Trey, I, I could see him starting out on Woods, but like you said, he could be moving around. He could be on cup at times. He could be... Uh, I'm not saying that Josh Reynolds is in that same stratosphere as those two guys, but he, he could even be on him at times. They're going to kind of uh, probably match him up throughout the game, but I would think Woods would be, he'd be on Woods the most trying to get him shut down a little bit. Uh, then you obviously have the Levi Wallace matchup. I went back and watched that game. 
yeah, there were a few catches where he gave too much of a cushion based on the defense they were in, but there were others where he was draped right on the guy and he was breaking on the ball and, and the receiver, the tight end, uh, just made a great catch and just showed really good hands hauling it in. I don't think he was as bad as we first thought watching the game live after uh, playing it back. But like Leslie Frazier said this week, you know, if he wants them to stop picking on him, he's got to start making some plays. So maybe he is the guy that makes a play on Sunday. Um, Richard Forbes says the, uh, the hair is uh, extra large wave tonight. Yeah, it's, it's getting, I, I'm going to have to get a cut before Sunday. I don't know. It's, it's getting a little bit heavy. Um, yeah, same here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to comb back through here see if there's any more questions before we get out of here. Let's um I think we can, I think we have a pretty good covered. I mean, definitely check back. I mean, this is a big game. This is this is one that's going to tell you a little bit more of the story on this Bills team. And I think uh and that's not to downplay these first two weeks. I know that it was very popular conversation on Twitter on Thursday when the Dolphins came out and smacked the Jaguars, you know, and maybe they were about a lot better than a lot of people were giving them credit for. And I you know how high I've been on the Dolphins, you know, going into the season. I do think that they're better and they played the Bills tough. And, you know, the Bills did what they wanted on offense, but they were able to make plays and Ryan Fitzpatrick made throws. So I think that they're good. Uh, and, and I think this Rams team is good. So this is this is that first big test. I, I think the Rams, you know, I don't want to sit here and call them NFC contenders just yet. I have some concerns about this defense. I don't know if, uh, you know, we'll see how the pass rush. I mean, if you can zero in on Aaron Donald, and kind of neutralize him as much as you can. You're never going to really eliminate him. Um, but if you can neutralize him, I don't know, see where they're generating pass rush elsewhere. I, you know, I know, uh, you know, Michael Brockers signed that big deal this off season. Uh, he's been a little bit underwhelming just from the little bit that I was able to watch and they're transitioning to this new defense, which, you know, he mentioned and Stu mentioned. And uh, so I think prediction wise, I'm going to go bills, 24 Rams, 13. I don't think, um, I don't think they're going to be able to score points, uh, which I think is going to be a big difference uh, from the first two weeks where they were able to uh, finish drives. And, you know, in Orchard Park with the wind, um, you know, every week it seems like there's some type of uh, wind factor. I know there's rain week one. Uh, it's supposed to be a beautiful day to, uh, on Sunday, but I still imagine it's just a little bit different when you head out to Orchard Park and you play in, in that stadium as opposed to other stadiums. So 24, 13. Uh, I think the, you know, again, Josh Allen takes care of the football. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to say no interceptions, but, you know, takes care of the football and the Bills uh, win 24-13. What do you got, Ryan? I was worried that we're going to have like the same prediction again. We've been so like close here through uh, every game of the first two games. I have the Bills winning 24-20. So I see it being a little bit closer. The Bills hitting 24 though as well. Uh, those of you in the comments, I see your your questions about Devin Singletary. I was kind of saving it. I think Singletary might end up being like the, the MVP of this game for Buffalo. Mm. Uh, Aaron Don Donald, keep him a little off on his toes, I guess, by throwing some screen passes, getting Singletary utilized that way. He's going to be the guy is the in the run game, obviously, with Zach Moss out. Like you said, possibly up to 25 touches in this game. I say he has 150 combined yards between rushing and receiving at least one score mixed in there, and uh, he plays a big role in, in Buffalo's win. So 24-20, Bills, 3-0, moving on. Uh, I'm going to cycle through a couple predictions here, give some love to the to the boys. Uh, thank you so much, and, and the, the, the women, if you're in here, thank you so much for watching. Uh, some predictions here, and um, yeah, I think Devin Singletary, this could be a good game, and I, I think that would be just in line with you know what Brian Dable – uh, has been doing. He comes out pass heavy early on. 
Um, switches things up this week. Wouldn't surprise me. Give the, you know, run the rock a little bit. I think what you have to be careful with is just getting too um, dependent on one of those things. And, you know, Brian Dable's done a good job early on at mixing things up, confusing the defense, um, you know, dialing up plays and, and, and kind of, you know, putting Josh in a good position. I mean, all this play action, I know we've covered it quite a bit, you know, he seems comfortable, you know, in that mode and in that, um, you know, when he's able to do that. So I think, you know, just getting through some of these, these predictions, everybody's going with the bills here, Ryan. Yeah. You know, and I guess I shouldn't be, we shouldn't be too surprised. We are a uh, shout the Buffalo football podcast. I don't think we have a lot of Rams fans in this room, Uh, but at the same time, I don't see any like unrealistic predictions. I don't see any 50 to nothing predictions here. So uh, at least you guys are being realistic about it. Love all the comments. So love the interaction. So keep it up. Bill's mafia. Love it. What a show. We thank you so much uh, for watching all your support over the last four months. Like I said at the beginning, if you're just tuning in now, keep it, keep your eyes open. Go follow me on Twitter, Ryan on Twitter, at Matt Perino, at Ryan Talbot Bills. We will have all the contest details in the weeks to come. I want to say maybe a little bit over a week here. Uh, we're going to be running a contest, and all you guys are going to want to win. It's really easy to enter. It's really easy to win, and it's also going to be really uh, fun to see what that next level of winning is all about. You know, we're just taking care of the Shout fans because you guys take care of us, and, and we're super excited about it. Go find uh, Shout, a Buffalo football podcast on all your audio platforms. Help us out. Subscribe. Leave a rating. Leave a nice rating. Don't make fun of us. <laughs> don't Don't say bad things. You know, my mom looks at those comments. Okay. So, you know, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we appreciate all you guys. Uh, we will be back on Sunday after the game and I'm hoping I'll be out at the stadium and then I got to come home to do show. It's really annoying uh, because of the masks. I don't want to shoot it at the stadium because I'd have to do the show with the mask on and I just don't think that I work well. So we'll probably be back again on Sunday, probably around anywhere between five 30 and six. I'm going to try to, uh, do the zoom press conferences in my car on the ride home. So best of luck to me. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) For Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino. We will see you on Sunday and enjoy the game. And before we go, a word from our sponsor. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Ready for football? With every game a home game, Tops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in-store, or online to win. 